Good morning to you. It is Monday, January the 10th, 2022. You've been listening to Morning Air with Bruce Gordon. I do love me some Morning Air. On a Monday with Bruce, he helps me connect with the rich history of classical music that dates back centuries and also throws some new stuff at us. I heard some things in the last half hour that I need to look up. If you heard something that you like over these airwaves, you can always find the playlist of what aired when on our website. Just click over to kopn.org. It's 751, 20 degrees right now in Columbia. We're headed up to a high today, only in the 30s, but there is a warming trend coming. Jeff Wheeler's got the details on that when he brings us our weather, and then we've got democracy now. As per usual, this morning at 8 a.m., right here on your community radio station, it's KOPN Columbia. COVID-19 is still with us. Columbia, Missourian reporting uh, numbers from last Friday, most current available, that active cases in Boone County are 2,109 New reported cases for the seven-day period were 277. Boone County had a positivity rate the last week of 2021 of 50.3%. Thus far, there have been 30,737 documented cases of the model coronavirus here in Boone County, 192 deaths, and at present... Something to celebrate, but we've still got work to do. 64% is the vaccination rate. That's the percent of Boone County residents receiving their first dose. I'm getting those numbers from ColumbiaMissourian.com. You can look at those as well on their webpage. Please do get your vaccines, get your boosters, and wear a mask. Let's all do our part to knock out the coronavirus. The AP reporting that Missouri virus hospitalizations have set a record as cases surge. The State Department of Health and Senior Services said 3,235 people were hospitalized with the virus statewide. This was as of today, and 15% of the state's hospital beds remained available. The number just topped 2,900 for the first time Friday and exceeded the record of 2,862 that was set last December, as in two months ago. No. Yeah, that was in it 13 months ago, sorry. Statewide, the seven-day rolling average of new COVID-19 cases hit a record Saturday at 7,058 cases before declining to 6,983 on Sunday. That from the Associated Press in Jefferson City News Tribune. You can read more about that on their website, newstribune.com. While you're there, check out the article by Michael Shine, posted yesterday. Historic preservationists are exploring how to recognize lost history. Shine writing in the News Tribune are asking, how does a community preserve history that doesn't have a physical home? That's a question a committee charged with revising the Capital City's Historic Preservation Code is asking. There's a National Historic Preservation Code that focuses on physical property by providing an extra land use category in the Zoning Code of Ordinances. That, according to Rachel Senzi, the Neighborhood Services Supervisor for the city. At the federal level, the National Register of Historic Places can offer tax credits for historic property owners and their buildings. At the local level, local level the National Historic Preservation Code uh, can help to recognize locally significant properties with protections and regulations to maintain the historic integrity of the property. However, all over the country, black communities lost land and buildings to urban renewal, 
in the 1940s through the 1960s. Senzi said it's become apparent that historic preservation hasn't been very inclusive. It hasn't been very accommodating. So there's a big push to bring more minority populations to historic preservation and also fund those projects. In Jefferson City, an example of minority properties lost to urban renewal is The Foot, a black community near Lincoln University that dated back to the 1860s but was lost to urban renewal in the 1960s. The Foot covered an area on Lafayette Street from East McCarthy to East Dunklin Streets included blocks of East Miller, Elm, Cherry, and Marshall Streets. Around 2016, all but two of the Foot's historic properties that survived the first raising were taken in the Missouri Department of Transportation's Witten Expressway interchange with Lafayette Street. The committee invited a speaker to the meeting after members brought up the foot and lack of recognition of it. That was Vanessa Adams Harris from Tulsa, Oklahoma. She said her community ran into the same issue with historic preservation of black communities that Senzi had discussed. She works in Tulsa and was getting past the history of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre, trying to tell that story during the massacre, mobs of white residents, some of whom had been deputized and given weapons by city officials, attacked black residents and destroyed homes and businesses of the Greenwood District in Tulsa. With little left standing, it was a challenge to tell the story of what had been lost. The committee in Jefferson City wants to become informed on conversations like that in Tulsa and keep it in mind when suggesting changes, including a local history district for archaeology, which other cities around the country are adopting. That story can be read in its entirety at Newstribune.com. Michael Schein posting yesterday that historic preservationists are exploring how to recognize lost history. The legislative session is up and running in Jefferson City. Tessa Weinberg for the Missouri Independent reports in today's you can view it on the website at MissouriIndependent.com. She writes the governor is looking to target Missouri sunshine laws during this session. Amending Missouri's open records law to permit government agencies to withhold more information from the public and charge more for any records that are turned over is among Governor Mark Parsons' priorities for the 2022 legislative session. Such a change, however, would reverse a recent Missouri Supreme Court ruling against Parsons' office that found attorney review time was not, quote, research time under the Sunshine Law and thus could not be charged. Transparency advocates say the changes would diminish the public's ability to hold public institutions accountable. The proposed law, or the proposed bill, was acquired from a November 10th meeting of Governor Mike Parson's cabinet. And the Missouri Independent used an open records request to find out the details of the proposal important to Governor Mike Parson. The proposal is attached to a bill by State Rep. Bruce DeGroote, a Republican from Ellisville, you can read the full story of the governor's legislative priority, or one of them, from Tessa Weinberg at MissouriIndependent.com. We're just about three minutes away from Democracy Now! That's coming up this morning at 8, right here on your community radio station, KOPN Columbia. Good morning from Watcher of the Skies Weather Station in West Central Columbia. Here's your morning wake-up call weather for the week ahead. Today, sunny with a high near 37 degrees. Southwest winds 7 to 9 miles per hour becoming north in the afternoon. Tonight, clear with a low around 20 degrees. Tuesday, the warm-up starts. Sunny with a high near 51 degrees. 
Wednesday, sunny with a high near 50 degrees. Thursday, mostly sunny with a high near 52. And Friday, a 20% chance of rain after 1 p.m., partly sunny with a high near 48. Friday night looks like a chance of rain before midnight, then a chance of rain and snow after midnight. That slight slight chance of snow continues after 3 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low of 26. That's your morning wake-up call weather. I'm your watcher of the skies, Jeff Wheeler. Thanks to Jeff for his weather forecasts. They are a standard part of your Monday morning wake-up call here on your community radio station. My name is Trevor. You can join me, Samir, Sarah, Mazzino, and then Mazzino again for the wake-up call each weekday morning here on KOPN starting at 7.50. It's a little bridge between Morning Air, our classical music program that airs up until 7.50. Those good folks starting in the wee hours to bring you the greatest hits of the last 500 years. And then at 8 o'clock each weekday, we've got Democracy Now! At 9 a.m., it's background briefing and economic update. You'll hear that this morning at 10 right here on KOPN Columbia. Jeff mentioned in his forecast, things will warm up tomorrow. We'll have a high around 51. If you're looking to get out, here's something on came up on my radar, is there is a local rally to shut down Guantanamo. Con- concerned individuals can join others tomorrow, January 11th, in Colombia and around the country, urging the U.S. government to shut down the Guantanamo prison. Locally, people will come gather from noon to one for a vigil with speeches before Columbia City Hall, marking the 20th year since the first Muslim men were sent to the notorious U.S. prison. 28 of the remaining 39 men at Guantanamo have never been charged with a crime, even after nearly two decades in prison at Guantanamo, that according to a recent New York Times article. Organizers are asking folks to call the White House comment line and share with President Biden your opinion on the closure of Guantanamo. Local details are available by calling 573-449-4585. It's 8 o'clock. We've got Democracy Now! coming up next. 